0: Life can take us on unexpected paths that leave us with emotional wounds and scars. But these scars do not have to be a burden that we carry alone. I'm Jocelyn Biederset, a childhood sexual assault survivor, and this is Invisible Scars, a podcast where we connect and learn from those who have come out stronger on the other side of trauma. Today, I am so excited to be sitting down with Jordan Canova. Um, you are the host of the I Am More Than podcast. So welcome, Jordan. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You know, I actually love the name of your podcast and I'm so curious how you came up with that because it resonates with me so much. Like I have said in previous episodes, I spent so many years feeling less than,
1: you know, I, I resonate with that too, because I had always felt so much less than, and it was when more than actually came to fruition. It was one of those moments where it was like a light switch just went off and it actually started as more than measurements because I was modeling in New York city and I had been at a casting where this woman was measuring me and shouting out my measurements to a boardroom full of men. And they were critiquing on her thighs too big, her arms too small. They're going as if I wasn't present. And this voice came into my mind that was, you are more than a measurement. And so it was like, okay, I feel like every woman needs to hear they're more than a measurement. And then it just started developing. And I'm like, it's more than whatever you feel confined by and defined by, you know, so it was more than a mom, more than a business owner, more than a model, you could apply it to all these different stages of life. And that's really how more than my company was born. And then the I am more than podcast. So when people get it, when it clicks, it's like, Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, so good. The second I heard it, I was just like, Oh, that feels so good. Yeah. You did a great job with that. I love it. Thank you. No. Yeah. So, you know, before every episode, before we start to get to know you, um, I love whoever I'm talking to, to kind of share what they're doing this week that helps with their mental health, helps them stay on track, helps them keep focused. I just think it's really important for everyone listening to kind of hear from someone who has come out the other side and, you know, let us know what you're doing. That's beautiful. I love that question so much. So this week is actually a
1: really exciting week for me in my personal life, because I had just launched a confidence course. And today's actually the first day that I am taking a group of women through this curriculum for the next eight weeks. So I finally launched that today. And a big focus of it is mental health, actually. So all the tools, all the practices that I've been utilizing in my life for the last decade are now available to women that, have never really been able to figure out what that missing piece was mm-hmm. and how they could gain that confidence and increase that self-esteem and work on their mental health. So having a resource out there now for women has been really fulfilling for me. And it kind of feels like a full circle moment. So launching yeah. that this morning was definitely a definitely a reward for me. And I just feel like it's really starting to make my journey pay off.
0: If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, I love that you're doing that. Because, you know what, even when I'm thinking about when I was in that place, a lot of women, I feel like just don't know where to start. And mm-hmm. if I would have had something like what you are doing, where I could have just like, okay, someone tell me what step one is like, someone just give me the answer for step one, and I could probably figure out the rest. Like, that's incredible. I love that you're doing that. Thank you. That's exactly how I felt too, Mm -hmm. is that
1: it's like somebody just give me an outline. I can fill it in, but give me the outline so that I can just figure out if I'm on the right track or not, especially because it's so isolating. When you are struggling, you're not talking to people about the fact that you're struggling. So you don't know if the stuff that you're doing is actually working because that takes consistency, right? Mm -hmm. And who wants to be consistent when they feel like crap? Yeah. It's really yeah. hard to do if you don't have support or you don't have like a guideline to follow. So it's been nice being able to kind of take my hardships and my experience and the lessons that I've learned and hopefully either
0: prevent people
1: from learning the hard way or just help them not feel so alone.
0: Totally. And also like when you're in that space, because as humans, we come in and out of it all the time. Like it's the human experience. We're going to experience hard things, but to go through a program like that and have the handbook to not stay as long in those dark places and be able to pull yourself back out. Right. That's so important. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And like, that brings me to what I've kind of been doing this week too, is just, you know, I'm processing some really hard family stuff and it's, um, you know, just making sure that I'm utilizing those tools I've learned over the last few years and being kinder to myself, right. Not being like, what are you doing? Why are you so tired? You can't, you can't just have like three naps in a day. Well, you know what, maybe I need to, cause like my nervous system is on fire and I just need to rest. I'm tired. So I'm just trying to be really, really kind to myself and kind of give myself the grace yeah it's important right Mm -hmm. because we i feel so many people just you know they're so hard on themselves and they push and push themselves to the brink of burnout. yeah and people also i don't think understand that
1: everything overlaps Mm -hmm. we're not meant to be able to compartmentalize especially women i think it's a gift if you're able to naturally do that but when you have any type of emotional distress going on it will bleed into other areas But something like having a family issue, it's going to impact the way that you show up in work, the way that you show up in everything else that you're doing and giving yourself grace to understand that shows how much growth you've done. Because I think most people are just like, God, what's wrong with me? And it's like, well, (laughs) you have some heavy stuff going on right now. (laughs) Nothing's wrong with you, but like you need a minute, take a beat and a deep breath and like give yourself some grace. We don't do that enough.
0: No, we don't. So, yeah, it's you're right though. Once you have done the work, you kind of have those tools. So, I do love what you're providing for people. That's so amazing! And congratulations on your launch today. That's incredible. Thank you. I'm That's so awesome. So, for anyone who isn't familiar, I would love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself because your story is pretty incredible. <sighs>
1: it's like, where do I begin? So, I, I, I feel like so much of my story, at least so much of like my public story, began when I was 19. So I had grown up in just a really small town. I kind of followed traditional measures, never really pictured the life that I've built for myself. I always kind of just wanted to follow the status quo. And I decided to go to college in Arizona and had some really serious health issues where I ended up losing a dramatic amount of weight within a three-month period. I think I lost around 60 pounds. And I realized the validation that I was getting from everybody else around me suddenly was so fueling. And that began my drive to only want to do things for the approval of other people. So it was this weird flip where it's like, I had always been a really insecure person and felt like I wasn't really noticed to suddenly I was noticed by everybody because there was this like transformation didn't matter if it was a healthy transformation or not. And I decided to just start putting myself out there. For the first time in my life, I enrolled in a fitness competition and I won Miss Arizona USA. I got signed by a modeling agency. Everything happened within a span of six months. And mind you, I was also going through this health crisis, but I was trying to ignore that because I'm like, I don't have time to deal with that. I'm just going to start dealing with the excitement that's going on in my life. And I feel like that time period in my life was so pivotal because I learned so much about myself of what I'm capable of, I just didn't realize at the time I was capable no matter what my size was, where it was so dictated by just what I looked like. So throughout my year, I went to Miss USA, I placed in the top 10. I was getting all these amazing accolades, but my mental health was suffering, my physical health was suffering. I really let my guard down in the sense that I'm a very trusting person. And I trusted people in an industry that I was unfamiliar with. And I've learned that you can't do that. And it broke me. I left my reign when I was 21 years old, a shell of the person that I was when I went into it. So it really took me most of my 20s to try and get that confidence back. That's what I thought I was searching for. When in reality, what I was searching for was the feeling that I was enough as I was. So I started really investing in my mental health, really investing in taking care of myself, learning about myself, trying to understand why I am the way I am, why I think the way that I do. And by doing all of that work over a many, many, many year, years, uh, people are now seeing kind of like the fruits of that labor and feel like it's like all of a sudden she just like started a podcast and is an entrepreneur and yeah. of all this stuff where it's like, this is 10 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's so innate. And so many of us, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser because it is, it goes against every fiber in my being to choose myself and to focus on myself and to not worry about other people and how other people feel and how they'll perceive me. And I'm just now getting to the place as an almost 30 year old woman where I feel confident in who I am. And I know I only feel that way because of the work and because of the tools in my toolbox.
0: So uh, Jordan, you know, after going through numerous misdiagnoses and medication, you decided to explore nutrition and fitness as a, as to heal naturally. Can you tell us a bit more about what that really looked like and also, you know, how you were finding the best options for you in your personal journey? Cause I love this. I spent so many years um, saying no to medication and I thought I could do it with food because food is medicine and movement is medicine. Mm -hmm. And I'm so curious about your journey with this. Oh, where to begin with that one, because it was such a, it's still
1: an ongoing journey. But when I had first gotten sick, uh, it was about when I was 17 years old, I was just graduating high school. So from 17 to 19, I was in such agonizing pain, I could hardly sit up straight. I was trying to be a normal freshman at college, but I could not walk to my classes and function throughout the day just because of this agonizing stomach pain. And so we started going and seeing all these specialists to try and just get some answers and everything was contradicting each other. So it'd be like, there's a diagnosis here. And then I'd go somewhere else. They're like, oh, you definitely don't have that. But I was still on the medication from the first doctor. They're like, oh, well, we don't want to take it off because that might be helping. It might not. So for a three month period, I was at the Mayo Clinic four days a week getting nonstop testing because they thought I had a tumor. So by the end of all of this testing, end of three months, I was on 13 medications and it had altered my personality so much. I just didn't feel like myself, nor did I feel better. And when you're on so many different medications, I had no idea what's working. And quite frankly, I didn't even know why I was taking what I was taking. So finally, I just got fed up one day and knew that there had to be a better way. I didn't know what that looked like, and I am not a doctor. I went against what my doctor said I should do, so don't take this advice if you're in that situation, (laughs) but I just stopped taking all my medication. And I had started working with a trainer who had had similar stomach issues to what I had. He had Crohn's disease, and said, if you just follow a really strict diet and fitness protocol, and just kind of push through some of this pain, get on some of these natural supplements, you will get better at the end of the three months. And yes, that did happen through some of the research that I was doing. But I now know the reason that I started getting better is because I was hardly feeding myself. I wasn't getting the nutrition that I needed and I was over And I think when you trick your body in a sense, then and going from one extreme of 13 medications to direct opposite and not fueling yourself, I, it was kind of mind over matter. I'm sure I didn't feel great. I was just telling myself that I felt good. So since then, I've really had to learn how to supplement and take care of my symptoms naturally. So it's a lot through diet and exercise. I'm gluten-free. I work with a gut health coach. I'm on a bunch of probiotics. I'm constantly getting gut tested just to try and manage my symptoms. It's never fully gone away, but I would rather do it naturally than be on things that alter my personality.
0: Totally agree with you. I was really adamant about that for so many years. And I am on an anxiety medication now. But I went on it at a time where I knew I needed to I knew that Mm -hmm. my coping mechanisms were not helping anymore. And I'm just in such a good place now. But I just think that I totally believe in what you're saying is that sometimes we can really handle these things through food and movement and just like self-care, putting ourselves first, prioritizing ourselves, right? Totally. And I think to add on to what you were saying too, I had been doing
1: it all naturally just through food and herbal supplements for so many years. And it did get to a point that my anxiety was so overwhelming that I needed to be on medication. Mm -hmm. And so much of my stomach issues were correlated to my anxiety. And being on medication has, on that specific medication, has done wonders for me and it does help me maintain my symptoms. So Mm -hmm. I've gone from two opposite ends of the spectrum, like no medication to now like the people that actually do need medication, don't shy away from it because Mm -hmm. it can enhance your life. And that's what it's done for mine.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting too, because speaking to you about, you know, kind of some of the trauma you'd been through early on and how they were measuring your body and pretending like you weren't there and like all these things that had gone on, how you'd been taken advantage of, you know, hearing like the symptoms you had physically, it reminds me of other episodes I've recorded with doctors and stuff and talking about how trauma is stored in the body and how you weren't dealing with those things, you know, that were really, really affecting you. Yeah.
1: And I didn't for years. (laughs) And I didn't believe that trauma was stored in the body. Maybe not even that I didn't believe it as much as I just didn't have the knowledge that, that that's what the reality was. And now talking with professionals in the space, I'm like, it makes so much sense, but that information's really not out there unless you're seeking it. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: when I had experienced so much trauma in such a compact period of time in my life that I figured I'd almost outgrow my trauma That if I got far enough away from that version of myself that allowed, it was just what I thought allowed that to happen. If I got far enough away from that version of myself, then it just wouldn't impact me anymore. Yeah. But just, and I noticed it would fade away, Mm -hmm. but the further I got from it, the more it started impacting and it started acting out in weird ways. Yeah. And once you actually address it and come to terms with it and call it what it is, there's so much freedom that comes from it. But oh, I wish so I wish I had known that earlier. But right? so much better late than so never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know what's funny? As you're talking, I'm like coming out of my chair because I'm like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Like I I feel everything <laughs> you're saying. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I just it's so true though, because you just ignore it and it festers and festers and comes out in the worst way mm-hmm. and in the most inconvenient times. Oh my goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. It sure does. And it can cloud
1: good times and bad times. Yeah. Because I feel like when I was at my lowest, when it came to dealing with my mental health, I didn't realize that that's what was causing it. Yes. I figured it's because of something I'm doing wrong and never considered the fact that trauma was stored in my body. I never called it what it was. I never talked about it with anybody. I never got it out. Yeah. And then once I did, It was so freeing and the way that I'm able to now connect with other people that have also experienced that trauma and kind of share tools with each other. It's like this community that nobody wants to be a part of, but it's a really big community.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to add on to what you're saying too, because it, like you said, it clouds the good times as well. So even when the good things are happening, your anxiety was probably so bad that you couldn't even enjoy the good times. So bad.
1: I was at the height of my career. I had just, I had always wanted to model in New York City. I was supporting myself, full time modeling. I had a healthy relationship, a puppy. I was living in a high rise in New York. Like on paper, everything was great. Behind closed doors, I was having panic attacks so bad on the subway going to work that there were some days I couldn't show up. And it got to a point where I almost lost one of my most lucrative clients because of these panic attacks. That it, and I couldn't understand why I was having panic attacks. I had no reason in my mind to be having them. And then once I finally started again, dealing with it, I realized, yes, it does cloud good times, especially because that's when you let your guard down and you're not in as much fight or flight. That's when it all. It's so
0: true. And I want to talk you. to you. Yeah. I wanted to touch on a little bit with your experiences as Miss Arizona and heading into the Miss America pageant and where you were mentally torn, conflicted is the first words that come to mind. Because when I had
1: originally won Miss Arizona USA, I felt very secure in my skin. And I went into it naively that I just wanted to have fun. Everything was fun. Everything was new. Everything was exciting. And I was around people that I never thought I would have access to. And then the more I was around a lot of these people, it was like, okay, we got to change this, this, and this about you. You got to get all veneers, your teeth are too small. Your boobs are too small. You need to get your boobs done. You still need to lose weight. We got to get an extra set of extensions on you. We have to make your tan darker. It was all these things that I felt like were pointed out about me that I was never insecure about prior to somebody saying, and then I couldn't focus on anything else. And I was so wrapped up with who I was supposed to be in order to make these people around me proud that by the time I got to Miss USA, I was so consumed by making sure I was doing the right thing that Jordan never shined through. And I was so excited to just rush through it and be done. And I wish now looking back that I embraced that time a little bit more and it Enjoyed it a little bit more, but I just wasn't in a great headspace. And I didn't take the proper steps to actually get out of it. Instead, I just pushed myself harder and harder and harder to get to a finish line. And once I crossed that finish line, I crumbled.
0: You know, it, it brings me back to you saying that you are a people pleaser because on paper, this is exactly what you should be doing, right? Like you mm-hmm. were so privileged and it's so great. And you probably didn't want to walk away from something that everyone thought. Was such an incredible opportunity. Exactly. And I didn't want to let anyone mind, down. I didn't want
1: to let anybody down. And I never wanted to come across as ungrateful. Mm. And I think that's been an ongoing struggle as well. That on paper, I feel very defined by a handful of things, wonderful blessings in my life that I'm very grateful for. But I feel like I haven't had the right to feel anything but grateful. And then when I do need to talk about some of the internal struggles, I've questioned, where do I turn? Where do I do that? And that has made it very isolating and very difficult to experience all different types of emotions that all of us have, right? We all have that. It's not just somebody that's been in a pageant or somebody that's been modeling. We all struggle with that stuff. And it's hard to find a safe space to communicate those things.
0: Yeah. You know, what's interesting as you're saying that I'm like, there are so many women out there, mothers in particular, but not just mothers who are so afraid to say, Hey, I'm struggling because everyone's looking, <sighs> they think everyone's looking at them going, what do you have to complain about? And it's just not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. And the worst part about it
1: is it's so many women that are doing that to other women. Oh, and that's where I struggle with it the most. And I know that it all boils down again to just insecurity. It's whenever you want to bring down another woman, it's because she's showcasing something that's deep within yourself. Mm -hmm. But I see so much of that. And I'm to a place now that I feel strong enough to be able to vocalize these things and also to be able to stand up for other women. But when I do have a conversation with a woman, it's like, it's okay to be grateful and to be struggling. It's okay to have everything going well in your life and still be battling depression.
0: Yes, both it's can okay. be possible at the same exactly. time.
1: You can experience both things, the highs and the lows. That's part of what life is all about. Mm-hmm. And we have
0: to allow people to do that. Totally agree with you, Jordan. I love that you said that. And like talking to you and how successful you are and the things that you've been through and just you being so open about what you've been through is so important for people to hear. It's I exactly why I wanted to do this podcast. if you're comfortable, I would love to ask you, you know, you mentioned ex- uh, like the experience of extreme anxiety and depression due to being taken advantage of emotionally and physically during your time in the spotlight. And would you mind sharing more on that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually not something that I had spoken to a single
1: other person about until I got into therapy. Because like I had said earlier, I just assume that these things I allowed to happen to me And I had control over it. And then when I started realizing that at the time, I was a naive 19-year-old that was doing everything I could to make sure people were proud of me and that I was living up to the standard that I thought they wanted. So a lot of the emotional abuse, I'll call it, was by people that just didn't have my best interest in mind, but I gave them access to the most intimate parts of myself. And I trusted people that I shouldn't have trusted. And there was sexual abuse involved that I never came to terms with the fact that that's what it was. There was financial abuse. And I didn't come to terms with the fact that that's what it was. Because again, I just assumed that we dictate what happens to us. And that's not the reality. And all of that happened within a six-month period. So I just assumed that the only common denominator is here is me. So it's my fault. And I'll just never talk about it and it'll go away. And it never did. And the only reason I started talking about, I still have never publicly actually talked and confirmed about the fact that there was sexual assault in my early twenties, but talking on the, I am more than podcast, I've had me Too survivors come on and share their stories so bravely. And so much of the negative talk that was going through my mind was also going through their minds. And I just thought if I'm asking women to come on here and share their stories, I'm doing a disservice by allowing them to feel alone. That's the only reason I ever started talking about it. Not because I ever planned to, not because I thought it would be part of my healing journey, but it has been. And it's been yeah. very freeing to not feel like I'm holding on to a secret anymore.
0: So freeing. You must feel light as air. Like I know personally, like sharing my story publicly, it was the scariest and most rewarding thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and
1: it's a it's a journey, right? Because there's some parts of it. I remember the first time that I ever told anybody about it. It's like I couldn't help but feel so emotional. There was so many emotions behind it that I couldn't speak with confidence. It was like a I'm feeling you out to see if you can handle it again that people pleasing like i don't want to put a burden on you so just like let me know if it's okay for me to share my story with you and then the more i started talking about it and the more i started hearing from other women too then suddenly it became rewarding in the sense that although it was something i don't wish on anybody ever yeah. if sharing my story with confidence can allow other people that are not yet at that
0: place in their healing journey have hope then I will do it 10 out of 10 times. That is so beautiful. And it's so important because you felt so alone. I felt so alone. Everyone listening that's been through something feels so alone. Like it's just feeling seen, feeling heard and feeling like you have a shot. You have a chance. Like you you can do do it. You do.
1: And I wish that that stuff that I'm sure you as well, that you would have heard early on in your healing journey because for a while I was so defined by it. It's like, how do I think or talk about anything else? And luckily, then you get to a place where it's like, but life happens and excitement happens and joy happens. And you can talk about your past without feeling defined by it
0: hmm Totally. And anyone who's listening who, you know, hasn't spoke about something that's happened to them, it's, it's so, I would guarantee that nine out of 10 survivors would say that their fear coming forward is that, oh, it wasn't that bad. Or is that really how it happened? Or mm-hmm. am I, am I, is someone else going to think it wasn't a big deal or I'm making it up? Like there's so many fears and all of them are just not true. Yeah.
1: They're not true, but they're valid in the sense that if you haven't ever talked about it, and also something that I've learned throughout speaking about my journey is that it's okay to be extremely selective with who you share your story with. Just because we've chosen that on a public platform, it's okay, doesn't mean that it's okay for you to open up to a family member or a friend or an acquaintance that you don't feel safe around.
0: Yes, it has to be on your terms, have to feel safe 100%. Yeah, I fully agree with that. So after, you know, you'd gone through all this, what brought you to finally talk about it and get help? Those panic attacks
1: on -hmm. the subway, because it was like, my career is in jeopardy here that like, I'm going to lose my clients. And I was in this wonderful, healthy relationship with somebody that treated me so well, that wanted so badly to understand. But how do you communicate something that you don't understand yourself? And finally, I remember reaching out to somebody that I had seen through my church. She had been speaking on stage and part of her messages resonated with me for whatever reason. So I cold DM this girl and asked if she wanted to go get coffee and just spilled my little heart out thinking that was like the answer to everything that I needed. Mm -hmm. And in the most loving way possible, she said, girl, you got to get into some therapy. You have to go talk this stuff through. I can't help you because I'm not equipped to help you. Yeah. And just by having somebody be validating the fact that like, Hey, this is heavy. This is a lot. No wonder you feel this way. And also like, go do some work. And if you're with somebody that can actually help you unpack this stuff, like it's going to be okay. So I got into therapy and I would say within a, the first couple months is when I really started noticing and discovering parts of myself that I didn't realize I was carrying these trends almost into so many different aspects of my life that I wanted to stop that cycle. I just didn't have the tools to stop it. And so therapy was truly a godsend for me. I I would not be doing anything that I'm doing if I didn't seek yeah. professional
0: help. Yeah, you know, I I had the same experience. It was a godsend for me as well and just when the veil was lifted up over all of the things that I thought I was seeing and thought I was doing right and You know, past that one key thing for me that has been really pivotal in the last year is just making sure that I'm forgiving myself for the Mm -hmm. things I did. Then what I allowed to to happen to myself, what I what I allowed to go on around me, and the way I I um, treated my body. You know, yeah, I relate to that so much. Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself, "When you know
1: better, you do better." Yes, and I wanted to punish in a way my naiveness for so mm-hmm. long and get mad at myself for not seeing things as clearly as I now see things. Yeah. But if I continued to make the decisions that I made when I was 21 years old that landed me in some very unhealthy positions, then there's an issue. But you can't go back and be mad at yourself or think like, I should have done this or I should have done that because then you're going to get stuck in the past. Oh,
0: totally. You'll never get out of it. But it's really easy to slide into that, like <sighs> forgiving yourself for the things of the past is it's key, but Oh, it's hard. It's so hard. (laughs) It's
1: so so hard. hard. And it's something that you have
0: to continuously
1: do. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that like, I forgave the younger version of myself once. So like, we're cool now. It's a continuous thing.
0: Yes. Even just this morning, I had to remind myself of something. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let that one go. It's okay. We didn't know any better at that point, right? So exactly. It, you're right. It's it's continuous. It's continuously trying to forgive yourself and work past it. It's so true. And I want to talk to you too. Um, you know, how you've maintained your overall health and well-being at this part of your life today, Jordan, because I would love to know what you're doing and how you're managing with all of the things you've been through.
1: You know. I hate to just keep harping on the therapy chapter of my life, but the timing of being in therapy was really pivotal for me because what I thought I was doing was trying to, I knew I had a a purpose deep within me. I knew I was made for more. I had just gotten this more than idea, but I could not move forward and I couldn't figure out why. And that was something that my therapist and I were continuously going through because I'm like, I have this passion I know that it can help people, but I can't get myself to want to put the work into it. So am I forcing myself if like, what is that? And right when I had started working through that and really coming to terms with like, okay, I'm going to build something that's going to help other women. And I'm also going to have the successful modeling career. And it's going to be amazing. COVID happens. So it was like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to (laughs) pivot real fast. And the (laughs) podcast was never a plan. The podcast came out of necessity and because i wanted to be connected to the people that were inspiring me in the industry so originally it was to connect the women in the industry with like my hometown friends to realize that we had more in common than women realized mm-hmm. and so once i started pouring time and attention into that is when i saw like the greatest growth happen within me and i realized that i am fueled by sharing other people's stories i am fueled by learning from other people's life lessons. And I don't do well when I isolate and when I keep it superficial. And so it's caused me to just continuously dig deeper, whether that's deeper inside of my business, which is why I've created a company, a podcast, a confidence course, all this stuff that I'm just like banging out right after each other, because I am constantly trying to figure out what I'm capable of. Because I think every time that I have done something that I didn't think I could do, it's like built another layer to my confidence. And it's also made me feel like a healthier, more rounded person. And I used to think that like, stop striving so much, like just be comfortable with what you have and grateful for what you have. Going back to that whole thing where I've learned that my personality and who I am as a person I don't feel healthy and well-rounded unless I'm pushing myself. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I learned until the past couple of years. So it's constantly finding that balance, you know, of like taking care of myself and also pushing myself to see what I'm capable of.
0: Totally. Again, I'm like coming out of my chair. I'm like, yes, Jordan. Yes. (laughs) Like, yes, girl. I feel all of that so strongly. I love that. and Honestly, like what I'm hearing is you found more healing. Through this podcast. And honestly, we talk about this all the time on invisible scars is just like the importance of healing and connection. And Mm -hmm. what you've created for yourself is and other people, everyone listening is connection, which is key in healing. Yeah, it really is. And it just
1: goes back to that isolation piece that I think so much of my journey was wondering, like, is the really big feels that I'm feeling too much for other people? does anybody else feel this way? And then once I just started talking about other women's stories and hearing other perspectives, I realized we all have these really big feels. It's just a matter of how you channel them and
0: what you pay attention to and what you don't pay attention to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, even through doing invisible scars, like the way that it has expanded my mindset and my mind growth and how I see the world, like what you're doing and building a strong community, a female community, um, I think it's essential to support each other. And I just want to know, like, how has that changed you over the course of the last three years and the way you interact with people and the way you see the world? Oh, so much. I feel like such a different
1: person than I was when I first started it. Because when I first started it, I was, which this sounds bad from a business perspective, but I was much more like business focused. Like how is this scalable? Let's get women in the door. Let's do all these things. And probably the timing with COVID as well is I just realized that the women that do choose to come and join this community, it's because they have a piece of themselves that is looking to be filled and it can only be filled from that community aspect. So I've really had the mindset of like, it is one individual person at a time. And with each person that comes in and if they feel validated from a podcast episode that I do, and they choose to reach out and share their story with me, that's helped me grow so much as an individual, because when, you know, when we're doing this with each other and we're passionate about something and we want to get a message out, but when it's all digital, you don't see the impact as much. And I really wanted this like overnight sensation of this multi-million dollar business. And it's shifted that in me in the sense of all I want is really to create an impact, a lasting impact. That's so much more important to me at this point. And I never thought that as a 30-year-old woman that is money motivated, that that would be my focus. But that's really become the number one priority in everything that I do business-wise. It's what is the impact going to be? on these women because I don't want it to just be like a quick feel good and then you're off doing something else. I want it to be somewhere where you genuinely feel like you belong. So I'm really trying to just cultivate that. And I've also created a space where I belong and Mm -hmm. where it fuels me. And that's something that I didn't have when I was growing up. And I don't think a lot of people did have that. Yeah. So that's just it's been a big shift and it's helped me focus
0: on what
1: I need and also giving that to other women as well.
0: That is so incredible. And, you know, even just thinking about like connection and what you said, like about having your connecting your girlfriends with other people in the industry and how, you know, we're all kind of the same. It's so interesting to me sitting here talking to you. And we came from very different backgrounds. We had very different lives, but everything you're saying, I completely relate to. And it's like, finally seeing myself in someone else and being like, Oh, it wasn't just me. I I'm not alone out here. Right. And the fact that you're in Texas and I'm in British Columbia, Canada, like, it's just, I hope it's not lost on people that like, we are all connected in some kind of way. Like the human connection is incredible and can change you.
1: Absolutely. And all it takes is getting to know people beyond the surface level. We keep things so surface now, and we keep things so aesthetic and so beautiful and (laughs) vulnerable enough, but not too vulnerable that you're actually seen. And I can't do it. (laughs) I wish it was within my personality. I'm too deep. There's too much. I feel too much. And connecting with other people, once you actually get to know people's stories and you see their heart, you can't help but connect. So I always say that like what I'm building with more than what you're building here is for people when they're ready to have those relationships, because when they are ready, it's so much
0: deeper than the other superficial platforms that they're going to see out there. So true. That was really important to me when I started this. Is I didn't want the fluff. I wanted to know real people and the real stories. And you are doing such a great job. And in terms of your the courses that you just um released, where can people find them? Do you take certain people at a, t- a certain number at a time or is it ongoing? How does it work? So it's going to be ongoing. It's been
1: I genuinely created something that's never been done before. So it's hard to explain it in a sense that hits home with people right away because it's an ongoing series that you get two options. Either you can purchase the course, it's called the fundamentals of confidence, and it's a self-guided option. So you get access to 10 videos or you can choose our membership option. So if you want that community aspect, if you're ready to go deep with a community, then you can be alongside other women that are going through the course together with one-on-one access to me. So in these videos, we go over mindset, self-esteem, morning routines, habits, the influence of social media on our confidence, the fashion industry's influence on our confidence. I just believe that knowledge is power. And so many people don't know why they're struggling so much with insecurities. But then when you're scrolling on your phone all day and you're looking at all these marketing campaigns of these people that have been positioned in a very specific way, comparing yourself to them, no wonder you're struggling. So I just want to get as much information in the hands of women as possible. And along with that comes exercises, podcasts, resources, everything you could possibly need to, like we said at the beginning, I'm giving you the outline. If you want to draw it in, draw it in whatever color you want, color outside the lines, whatever Mm -hmm. it looks like for you. But it's at least something that can jumpstart you on a journey that can change your life,
0: right? Confidence is the foundation of our life. Yeah. And you're giving people a step one when they don't know where to go. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's incredible. So Jordan, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram. I'm
1: at Jordan West or the confidence course website is jordancanova.com. We have an Instagram culture of confidence. And then if you want more than, and the podcast it's at more than ink and I am more than podcast. It's a lot going on.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that today's episode provided insight, inspiration, and comfort to anyone who is dealing with the effects of trauma. Remember, you are not defined by your scars and you are not alone in your healing journey. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure to rate, review, and share this episode with a friend who could benefit from listening. We'll see you next week.